does this music, is it like thematic? Does it relate to the content you're teaching? No. I think that's a challenge <laughs> you should take up. And I don't think there's a lot of constitutional law songs, like what would they be thinking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly you've never seen Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. I don't That might be the only one. Hello and welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L law student Felicity Rodan. Felicity, how are you today? I am same as always, very neutral. I didn't know you. I, <laughs> I, you, you floored me. I didn't know you were always neutral. Is that right? Just, just living a, a beige kind of life these days, oh, you know? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, if your life was a color, you're beige. Enough. I think so, yeah. I think some like flashes of red panic with like COVID cases in the U.S. election, but for the most part, just beige. <laughs> oh, okay. What would be an ideal color to be? Oh, that's a good question. Like a, a soft yellow, maybe? Mm. I'll have to <laughs> think some about pink? that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we'll take beige for today. Maybe next time yellow, <laughs> but beige for today. Uh, all right, our our banter is over. Um, I always have to introduce our guest, and today we have a special guest, a former student of mine, Chanel. Chanel, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna start that over again. <laughs> uh, all right, today we have a guest who's a former student of mine, Chanel Lewis. Chanel, hello, how are you? Hey, I am great. I'm happy to be here. Finally, I'm an avid podcast listener, so it's my first time actually being on one. <laughs> uh, you mean any kind of podcast? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. well, you're. This is this is the road to stardom, I think. Uh, yeah, buckle in. Let's yeah, go. yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, just more than what you've already said, which wasn't a hell of a lot. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I'm a tool at Osgood, of course. Um, um, what I guess, what are my hobbies? Podcasts. I like it not to be, not to be corny or anything. Like literally I'm always listening to podcasts and, and always on YouTube. So those are the two, two things I do in my free time. Um, yeah, kind of just going through the Osgood experience, getting used to law, law school in COVID, of course, very different, very different. I must say, <laughs> um, I actually had some internet issues this week and I was like, this wouldn't happen if we didn't have Zoom law school. So kind of figuring that out. Um, and yeah, just overall happy to be here and chat with you guys. That's good. That is good. You're, you're right though. It's uh, it is a different world still. I think we, I hate, I've been saying that every time we've recorded in the last <laughs> few months. Unprecedented. Yes. Okay. When will we be able to say that it's not unprecedented? <laughs> I guess that depends how long this goes on. Is there such a word as precedented <laughs> without un in front? I mean, you're the law professor, yeah, you yeah. tell us. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Shanil, uh, uh, you know the drill because you said you're an avid listener. So what, what, what TV show or movie do you want to recommend to everybody that's one of your favorites and it relates to law? Okay. So I watched, I think I've come across quite a few legal movies. Um, one that I watched during COVID that I really liked was Just Mercy. So it's actually um, a real life story about the someone that was, I guess, convicted 
um, and was on death parole in the US. So it was, was played by Michael B. Jordan, very good movie. And it was very informative at the same time, obviously, because you kind of relate to it, like this was actually someone's experience. So at the end, did shed a little tear because <laughs> I was like, no. Um, so that's a really good one. The charges against them have been proven to be a false construction of desperate people fueled by bigotry and bias who ignored the truth in exchange for easy solutions. And that's not the law. That's not justice. That's not right. And then in terms of TV show, definitely how to get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I, I think you might be the first one mentioning Just Mercy, which I have seen too. And I, I really do think it's a good film. But yeah, you yeah. liked it? Yeah, yeah. So should I see it? Should I should I do an you Adam should. and say I'm yeah. going to see it and then not listen to it? <laughs> no, don't do an Adam. No, okay. that's why I, I got rid of Adam. You <laughs> you have to be different from Adam. Uh, no, it is recommended, and it's based on he's a, he was a Harvard uh, law grad, right? But yeah, he yeah. instead of going to Wall Street, where most Harvard grads go to, he decided to mm -hmm. go down and help out the justice system, I guess. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's good. Uh, good. And then the how to get a, everybody everybody votes for that. And you know yeah, my you, heard, you know my views that on that. Mentioned already. Yeah. That's a very precedented answer, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> but my, I must say that I don't like it for the legal aspect of it. It's more so just for the dramatics, right? It's like it's not realistic. I fully acknowledge that. I'm just like most of these shows and they're not realistic at all, but it's just like the drama of it. It makes criminal law look so much fun. Like, oh yeah, you prepare for a trial in a day. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't sound fun to me. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that, um, that I have I have an important follow-up question to our regular question, which is, if you were a color today, what color would you be? Ooh, uh, I think I'd always be mustard. Mustard is my favorite color. So when you said like the, the like the the yellow, I'm just like, okay, you're like a little bit more toned down, which I like to be brighter, I guess, because I like <laughs> mustard yellow. Um, yeah, I'd say the weather is kind of dull, but I'm still always uh, always mustard yellow. <laughs> That's good. So you're, I've got one always beige, one always mustard. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that was good. I, I, that was quick thinking, but it sounds like it wasn't really because you're always mustard. So that was easy. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. So Chanel, we, I, I said to you before we went on air that uh, we've had a few guests from your year come in and talk about their experience, but I still think there's more to be said about the first year or certainly the 19, sorry, the 2019, 2020 academic year, since it was so disruptive. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe just tell us a little bit about your experience, both pre and post COVID and, and how you're doing now and, and all yeah. that. Okay, so I'd say um, coming in, first of all, love my section, section C, if you're listening, hey, <laughs> um, coming in, um, it was it was good. I think law school was very different from what I expected it, though. I'd say I, I came in thinking that, I don't know, maybe it would be hard in the sense that it would be difficult to understand the material, but I didn't find that for the most part. I found that what I found challenging or what the 1L experience kind of shocked me with is just the number of readings. Like I did not expect to be reading cases every single day. For some reason, I thought I'd just be there kind of be like, okay, let me go over my, my readings and see if I understand it. But it wasn't that. It was more so just always doing the readings. Um, so I'd say, yeah, that that's like, that's what the 1L experience kind of entailed for me, just trying to balance my time and figuring out what works. Um, and then COVID hit and everything changed. But I think, I guess once COVID hit, we were already wrapping up the semester. 
So I'd already gone through, like, I guess the fall semester, winter semester, I took a different approach in the sense that um, it's still a lot of readings, but then I kind of figured out what works for me. You kind of see, okay, do you really need to do all of this? What works? What courses you need to do certain things for? So I had already kind of figured it out and then COVID hit and we're like, okay, so what's going to happen now? Um, so then of course they switched the exams to, um, well, they switched their grades to what it, credit, no credit. So that kind of changed it up. It took away a bit of the stress. Um, in terms of what would happen with that. But the material, it was the same thing, being, being away and then having the in-person classes. Um, I think a lot of us agree that it depends on, like in, in terms of the experience and how the teaching was from pre-COVID to, to COVID, it really depended on the profs. So some profs were very engaged in the online format, whether it was um, the pre-recorded lectures or just the actual live lectures. For example, you did the pre-recorded, but then we'd also come online and then also meet and then engage and ask questions from there. Um, I particularly liked your approach because you would have your little music and you brought a little bit of personality into it. So that was really good. <laughs> My music that probably half the class didn't like, but you know. You know, you know what? what? I, I listen to them though. Well, okay. well, that's good. You know what I'm doing this year? So I, uh, I'm, I just finished the first month of teaching and I did the same thing. I, I played DJ, I played music, but for the second, third and fourth month, I'm going to ask from students to send me music suggestions. So we'll see what I get. Okay. That, that could be a dangerous thing to do, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it was very good. It was very good that you, you did that kind of switch it up. It made it a little bit more interesting. Just sitting there, listening to the screen. It's just the material. Now, does this music, is it like thematic? Does it relate to the content you're teaching? No, I think that's a challenge you should take. Up. <laughs> no, well, so the, for the first few this year, I th I said the music would be law themed, so it did have a law theme. But imagine if I had a music about criminal law, and uh, yeah, it it might get too. It's already gruesome enough. I don't want any. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I guess you don't want to be making light of things too much in the criminal law field. <laughs> and I don't think there's a lot of constitutional law songs. Like, what would they be singing about? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you've never seen Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. I that might be the only one. Um, so, okay. You are not the first person to have said that, that you were never really prepared for the amount of readings. Seems to mm -hmm. me. So I think, first of all, we can, we, we can never not say it enough in this podcast there are a lot of readings in law school students mm -hmm. potential students listen up <laughs> there's a lot of readings but i'm surprised that you don't get that told to you by other sources when you you know when you first sign up to law school you get an intro package and doesn't don't people say you are going to be reading a lot get used to it no i mean it depends on who you know when you're applying right for example like i definitely don't have anyone in my family that studied law mm. um during the application process i had two upper years um that have graduated now so they just pretty much just helped me with like the what, what to put in your application um and they did the only thing they really told me about life in law school is just like the clinicals so they told me about clasp um and and just the different things you could do we didn't really talk about the actual material so it's like, and I think it's, I guess they, they assume that everyone knows. And I did expect readings, just like I did not expect <laughs> not that, that amount of, for example, in undergrad, I've, I found like I was doing readings, but I didn't have to do readings on weekends. I feel like in law school, there were no weekends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Felicity, was that the case for you too? I don't think I've ever asked uh, you that. So I had a science background, so I didn't do a lot of reading 
even in my undergrad, like I, after first year, I didn't really buy textbooks. Um, so it, and I'm, I'm because of that quite a slow reader. Um, so it was, I think like I knew, I knew it was going to be a lot. Um, I didn't realize quite how much it would be, I would say, but I also think like first year did actually for me kind of ease me in a little bit because for the most part you get a case book. So you're not reading, you're reading important expert excerpts and important parts of the decision. You're not reading like an entire, uh-huh. a group of 300 paragraph cases where, uh-huh. and also in first year, like you have, most of your profs are career professors. Um, so they kind of know what you're going through and, and they're pretty good about it. Whereas uh, in upper years, it's like practitioner profs and no one really knows what everyone else's schedule is like. So it's like, here have these 15 cases that are all <laughs> 200 paragraphs and you have right. all of those in every class. It's awful. And they um, and they do that because they went through the same thing and that people just threw <laughs> stuff at them. And so that's exactly what they do to you. Yeah, For sure. So. But you do, I think, also get better at knowing kind of what to read and what mm-hmm. to skim. Yeah. So yeah. I guess like in that way, it's like a lot all the time, but it it's different throughout mm-hmm. the three years and you sort of adjust as you go. So even if you hate reading, don't be wholly discouraged. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think, Chanel, is that your experience too? It changes over time? Yeah, so I did, um, I I actually forgot that you're in 3L. So yeah, this is like, I've only, I'm only one one semester, one one month into the 2L experience. And I found that it's actually different. For example, for CrimPro, which we're in the same course, there's no excerpt. She provides the entire case. So it's like, okay, maybe I missed one L because I was only getting certain parts of the case versus now I'm reading the entire case. But then because we've already gone through one L, we know what to look for in each case, then maybe you're not reading the entire thing because we already know the important parts of like what we should actually know. Like we know where to look for the ratio and, and so on and so forth, right? So you kind of figure things out. So I guess it's very different. I'm still getting used to 2L. People kept saying that, okay, 2L is completely different. Um, it's not as stressful, but I, th- I think it's because you've already figured out what works for you. Um, and you're just like, okay, let me not get so stressed about it. Cause then what does this, like, I don't know. It doesn't help to, doesn't, if you're stressed, right. <laughs> like, doesn't help. just take it as it comes, I guess. I, I think people in 1L don't realize though how, how uh, privileged they are to get casebooks with excerpts, right? Instead of, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> I know I have a few colleagues in, in, who teach 1L who deliberately assign one full text case just so students could see what it's like to w- wade through a, you know, yeah, 300 paragraph <laughs> doorstopper. I, I don't, still don't do that, but I can see, that, you know, there is some value in learning to, to pick your pick your way through a case. Mm-hmm. I think the value also comes, at least in my experience, the value of like going through a case in detail and really breaking down like every paragraph. I, if I tried to do that in 1L when I didn't know anything about anything, it would have just been a useless experience. Mm-hmm. It would have been like I would have missed so much, like it would have just probably made me stress cry. Um, <laughs> and now I can read like the same case that I read in first year but in like a completely different way. And I find like as you get into more advanced classes and moots and things like that you like really need to engage with the material in that way mm-hmm. whereas when you're learning like intro concepts like it's just not i didn't find it particularly helpful so i didn't do yeah and I think, every single reading no and, I, no and i think that's the purpose of a lot of the case books is you know they are helping you because they're what we're trying to teach you is something else and then mm-hmm. you, you can employ those skills later on but it is yeah. it's all pretty overwhelming i think that's the consensus <laughs> though right yeah <laughs> we just want to ensure that, that that gets noted it is <laughs> but you get used to it <laughs> uh 
Okay, so that was your experience, and as you say, it was it's almost a completely different experience being in class versus Zoom classes or online, yeah. which we're now into for all, at least a year, I think, probably across <laughs> the country, except there are some ex- exceptions. Unfortunately, but, but yeah. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to have you on, Chanel, because one of you, you and I, I'd say we kind of got to know each other a little better than I get to know some students because you liked to talk in class. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't had many guests on who I could say, single out saying, you were a talker. How <laughs> did you come by that naturally? Did it did it just blossom in law school or <laughs> tell no? Us. This has always been me. This okay. has always been me. I think, I think people like when I was younger, I've always been the talkative person. I remember my mom used to remind me that my teachers, when I was younger, they would tell her like when she would come in to meet them that she tells us everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been a talker. Um, and I, I like getting my opinion out there and, and engaging with others, right? So I, I feel like the school experience, it's been, it's, it hasn't been different. If, even if someone doesn't agree with what I'm saying, I'm still going to say it. <laughs> so I've always been like that, to be honest. So you don't um, worry. You don't worry what people think. Felicity no. talked in class as well. A little bit. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a talker as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, do you, so what do you do though, to check yourself? Do you rein yourself in? How do you do that? I can ask um, both of you that. Felicity, do you want to go first? <laughs> no, sure. no. The ge- oh, I was going to say the guest oh, has yeah. to go first. Yeah. I think that was her way of saying I need to think about yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, I want okay. Felicity to talk. All right, Felicity, go ahead then. Um, well, I'll go. I'll give you one that I think Chanel will appreciate because as she mentioned, we're in the same criminal procedure class. Um, something that I find helpful is like it's if you are able to identify, is this just a question that I have or is this a question that everyone's going to have? Mm-hmm. Um, like, is this comment going to be helpful to everybody? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, don't be a dick. <laughs> and okay, but go, wait, let uh, me, like, what I like to do. Oh, let, me, let me stop. You. How do you know that? How do you know what the answer to that is? I mean, sometimes you don't, <laughs> but like, if you have to really think about it, you probably know the answer to that question. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. If it's um, a really obscure, better. Go, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, is it some really obscure question that you know nobody else has? It's, then. Yeah. <laughs> Or like a little detail that like you understand the material and so it's going to be helpful to you but like if everyone is just learning this then maybe not so what i like to do in that case is go up to the prof like at the break or after the class and sort it out that way and if it's an important enough question like they'll tell you and they'll tell the rest of the class um and that's something that i find super hard to do in covid times yeah, um, yeah. and so something one of our profs has just recently implemented is like a little informal office hours every like at the end of every segment of the course I think we're going to do um which kind of opens that up in COVID times because it does kind of suck to like sit on the zoom call and like take up so much oxygen when everyone is just like trying to get through it (laughs) okay that's good so Chanel now you've had time to think and you've heard one (laughs) answer already so (laughs) um yeah I'd say like I try to ensure that there's value in the question that I'm asking mind you sometimes the question I ask it's just like, I don't know, like a little thought that comes to my mind and it's probably just more so to be funny than anything else. Like sometimes I'll just say something to hear what the prof will say. I think I remember asking you something. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't constitutional law. I asked a question and then I was like, like, will the class actually find value in this question? Probably not, but it will make them laugh. And I said, but it was about the material. It was about the material. I I know you did that though. I can remember (laughs) not the specifics, but I remember you 
saying stuff. And then it got a I little think. bit controversial <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, but typically, um, if something just comes to mind, right, and I want to ensure that it's clear in my mind, then then I'll just ask it. Um, I would like to think I'm not super annoying, so I'm not asking questions that literally have nothing to do with the course. Um, but yeah, I feel like what I should, well, you don't have me now, so you don't know like how I'm going about courses now, but I find that Zoom has actually made me a lot quieter. Yeah. It's, it's like completely, and I'm not sure I'm liking it because I do have questions, but it's like, because the profs, like some of them will tell you that you have to raise your hand. Um, sometimes I look and there are already five people that have raised their hand. So I'm like, do I want to be the sixth person? I might even forget the question after they've answered the question. So I've been like very quiet with Zoom. So I'm not sure I'm liking it because I, as I said, I do have questions. I don't get them asked. I kind of just hope that someone else that has already raised their hand before me will ask. Um, so that's probably my least favorite part so far of, of Zoom yeah. law, I'd say. That's a good observation. It is very different, Zoom, right? It's very, very hard to be. I, I I don't even know because my students, at least the ones in 1L, are new to me. So I don't yeah. even know if the ones who ask questions on Zoom would mm-hmm. be the type who ask questions live, in right? Because you're right. right. Mm-hmm. It, it could be different um, and, and it's hard to know. Don't you think, mm-hmm. is curiosity one of the things that might drive whether you're curious as opposed to, do you know the type, you don't have to name names, but the type who asks questions <laughs> just to kind of show off as opposed yeah. to they don't really care about the answer? <laughs> do you think no, that I'd like to think that like there is definitely an element of curiosity. I'm not asking questions just to make it look like I'm smart. No, I, like there's something that I want to get from the answer. And, and that's the reason why I'm asking. I'm, I'm not there. Like, I feel like we're in a class. There's a lot of smart people here. I don't need to prove myself. It's fine. <laughs> like, I've never been that kind of person. I actually want to hear your answer, whether I'd agree or not, or just get your take on it. Right. I think that's a good, a good driver for anyone listening who is going into law school or in 1L. If you're asking your question to show other people that you know what you're talking about, just shut up. <laughs> just don't do it. Lower that zoom hand. That's right. Don't do it. <laughs> if there's a 10 second soundbite from this episode to uh, prospective law students, that's it right there. <laughs> and Felicity and I know that especially well, because we go to this show yeah, uh, every month, although not during COVID, but where the host oh. basically says a similar thing. Ask a question <laughs> if you're curious or if you're angry even, but don't ask a question because you're full of pride, I guess would be the way to put he it. He says, right? look inside yourself first yeah. and think, do I think that this question is going to make everybody think about how smart I am? And do I have this glowing sense of pride? If so, put your hand down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask the question. And sometimes yeah. it just confuses people, right? Because then if you, for example, if you have, um, I don't know, maybe if you've worked in a capacity where you've been exposed to this area of law before, and then you ask a question that we haven't even got to, or it's just not it's not part of the curriculum, then the entire class will be confused because they're like, what should I know this? No, you probably shouldn't know it. She just asked or he just asked a question that has nothing to do with the material. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Richard, can you tell us how do you, well, that's like just a hard thing I think to manage in a normal time. So how do you do that? And how do you do that on Zoom? Well, so let me, I'll, I don't know if this is going to answer that, but I'll just say a couple of things. One is which the diplomatic Richard says a lot, says something in class when people ask questions that the, <laughs> if I really wanted to, I would, I would handle it completely differently. I never, ever say people to people what I actually think sometimes in my head. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but 
I, I find it hard in Zoom to, first of all, Chenille's pointing out, I, so you get, I get the blue hands, the hands mm-hmm. that get raised up. And you can see them start to add up. And I'm thinking to myself, already I'm thinking, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through all these in time. Mm-hmm. And then you get chats. So you get additional questions on the chat. I've tried to learn to you know, tell students, let's use one or the other because it's mm-hmm. too complicated doing both. Um, and the thing about and the problem partly is, you know, when you teach live after it takes about a, three weeks to a month, I start to learn the kind of people that ask the kind of questions but i'm finding that hard i'm hard to it's harder to pigeonhole on zoom because i don't really know the people and i just see the names and a blue hand um Mm -hmm. i think it's going to take a little longer to recognize oh that's that guy that person's blue hand (laughs) yeah especially Um, if the the videos aren't on on right and you're not actually seeing them it kind of makes it different you don't actually you feel like you don't know the student yeah but also everybody sees the hands and so they see the order and so you can't really whereas in a live class i can just ask (laughs) you know there's four hands up i can ask one person as opposed to another i get to choose but it's very hard to anyway that's i I, that's that's telling that's uh, that's saying a lot that I wouldn't necessarily yeah. reveal other in other situations, but yeah. luckily this. Would you ever just stand up there and be like, "No, I'm not answering that question. We're not doing this." <laughs> I've always wanted to say to a student that asks a dumb question, because I don't, I, I tr- never try to say that's a dumb question, although I do know that there are dumb questions. But I. So there are dumb questions. <laughs> yes, there are. But I've always wanted to say, "Would you have you asked questions like that in your previous life or <laughs> previous uh, undergrad?" <laughs> I, I always thought I wish I, that would be a good retort, but no, I've never done that either. So. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, well, that's good. So we got some good advice out of this show from Chenille and Felicity. Um, Hopefully. And we're, we're almost, we're at time. Felicity, do you want to have the last, you, you're good with really? your last questions. Yeah. Can you, it goes by quickly, doesn't it? Felicity, it you does. Want, you have the last All question? Right, I have a good, yeah, I do have a good last question, I think. So I think we've talked about a lot of the ways Zoom Law School is hard, especially for Shanil and I, uh, big talkers. Um, but is there anything so far that you think is better this year than it has been before? That is a good question. Better. I think it would more so be <laughs> the fact that I don't have to go to school. Like I, I, I'm just here, right? So I, I, I spend a lot of time getting ready, even though I, I live close to campus, I just walk to school. But for some reason, that took me a lot of time versus I'm here. I don't have that bit to worry about. So I have more time to, first of all, maintain a social life and then do the readings and, and catch up with all the courses. And I like the convenience of especially the courses that are not um, that are not live. Right. I can listen to them anytime. So so some profs might um, like, for example, a crim pro prof, sometimes they post it the weekend before. So I have a lot more time to listen to the lectures. Um, so I guess I like that. I like the convenience. I've been asking others, like even people working on like, what, what have you specifically liked about like the way things have changed during the pandemic? And I think a lot of people have said that they like the convenience. They don't have to commute anymore. Um, so I think that's probably the only thing. <laughs> so if, uh, COVID ends, would, would you like to retain some of that aspect for your third I don't know. year? I feel like at what cost though, at what cost? Because, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you should you should already know this. I was the student that always I always showed up to class. Like I've just been that person. I like actually being there in in class. So I don't know. I think I'd be fine spending a little more time getting ready for school as long as I'm there and I'm in there in person. I feel more engaged. Um, one thing I found 
um, which I haven't mentioned yet, is if even if the class is recorded for, say the class is a, an hour recording, for me personally, it takes me more than an hour to listen to it because I pause it. I, I, I just always do it. I pause it and then I replay and it takes me so much longer versus when I'm in class, like I'm there for that one hour, 40 minute session and I'm not spending any more time making notes on it because I'm actually there in person. And I feel like, um, I'm not sure if the profs have recognized this, but I feel like when we're in class, they're looking at us and they're seeing the pace that we're typing. So they kind of, they, they, they slow down to match the, the, the pace at which we're typing versus when you're recording, they're obviously recording on a blank screen. So they're not seeing that at all. So they do go a little bit faster. And then for me, it just automatically means that I'm taking more time to go through the material. So that's something I, I'd say. <laughs> well, we ended up getting- We turned our good into a bad. Yeah, we ended up <laughs> exactly where Felicity didn't want to go, which- <laughs> What's, well, what's I do better, like the convenience. Right? No, I, I do just, like the convenience. Yeah. Uh, no, that was good. I, I think you're right. I mean, commute's always been a problem for people. I think a lot of business people, never mind university mm-hmm. students, but a lot of people are finding, hey, this is pretty good. I'm, I don't have two hours of my day wasted. Yeah. And there is something to be said for that. So, all right. Our time is at an end. So, Chenille, thank you so much. Uh, no problem. We have more, thank you we for have more me. to talk about. So, maybe we'll have to have you back um yeah this felt really short so i'd happy to be back <laughs> that's why that, come back. that comes from somebody who likes to talk in class of course <laughs> it's very my, fitting to my, end on that note my 50 minute lecture is reduced to 42 minutes <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks neil <laughs> <laughs>